Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Believe in Saints. He is Terrence Copper. I am David Grubb. And TC, man, we come back. Saints had another chance to win back-to-back games, but instead... Shut out on the road against the 49ers. The first time they've been shut out since 2001. And just a just a really difficult performance to watch, not just in the way that they lost, but just the way that they played. It, it was a really tough three hours for the Saints. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, and the defense held tight. The defense, they was they was holding tight. They was giving up some plays, but it was they was bending, but it wasn't breaking. But just couldn't get no help from the offense at all. And when it comes like when it comes to stuff like that, think about it, we was we had them to three points to like late in the second quarter, and then we gave a touchdown up off a tip. You know, so defensively, I, I'm not so so hard on the defense. I mean, they gave some plays up. The 49ers got an explosive offense. Yeah. They got some playmakers over there, and and to limit them to 13 points, you know, I feel like we got to win those games. If your defense holds a team to 13, we got to win. I mean, Christian McCaffrey didn't go off. Brandon Ayuk didn't go off. You know, nobody went off for the 49ers and had a big game. You you held, like you said, Jimmy Garoppolo completed a bunch of passes, but they weren't for a lot of yards. They didn't power run you to death, which is something the 49ers typically have done. You didn't get beat up by George Kittle. So, like you said, defensively, you had some really strong performances. I thought Paul Sundadevo played well. Um, you know, and, and he had an unfortunate situation, too. You get a, a, a good pick overturned by a call and you hate to see that but like you said the defense put itself in position you gotta give a shout out to Caden Ellis who mm-hmm. gets the starting opportunity and comes in and gets 14 tackles you know mm-hmm. in, 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 in that situation when you're asking guys like you said well guys gotta step up the defense did for the most part like you said it did its job it didn't allow for the 49ers a whole bunch of big plays. I think they only had, what, two or three plays total over 20 yards. It wasn't like the six mm-hmm. or seven that we've seen the Saints been allowing. And then, as you said, you, you the turnovers when you give it up on the first drive of the game in your own territory and you fumble and give it up. The second time, you got a drive that's inside the five and you fumble and give it up when you're, giving your, you're trying to give your team a chance, just a chance. Those mm-hmm. things – you know, it's again, every week it comes down to these little things for the Saints. And that's the difference between good teams and bad teams. It is. And like I said, you hit it right on the head, the turnovers. Uh, Alvin is a great player, but he has turned the ball over a few times this year, you know. And and for him to have two turnovers, like I said, the first turnover was first drive of the series. And they go down, they score three points. And essentially – that is what we beat us by three points. I mean, they beat us by 13, but three points was all they needed to beat us. 
And then we turn it over again down in the red zone. And then we have a four and out down in a tight red zone, you know, so late in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, we had opportunities to win that game. Uh, defense, the defense gave us opportunities to win that game. Uh, offensively, we just could not make it work. And I'm, I'm just still baffled by, man, what is going on? Why can't we get this thing rolling offensively? Yeah, the offense, I mean, that's the stuff to really talk about because, you know, we keep seeing this thing where we talk, where the offensive talk, coaches talk about, well, you know, it's, things are starting to come together. We see this last week. You're all excited again because Andy Dalton does has you know, some big plays. You beat the Rams. But let's be real over the last four games. I mean, these are the numbers. And you tell me, you tell me the last four games, you take out the win against the Rams, Andy Dalton in the other three games, two touchdowns, three interceptions, 588 total passing yards, 196 passing yards a game. That's not going to get it done. That's not going to get it done in, in today's NFL. And then we talk about Alvin Kamara. The last four weeks, 36 total carries for 111 yards. 16 total catches for 135 yards. That's 52 touches for 246 yards. Four fumbles this season, all lost. And we're talking about a dude who has – this, this is the fall off that we talk about offensively for the Saints. Over the last 23 games, this season and last, Alvin Kamara has 12 touchdowns which is basically a touchdown every other game over the previous 29 games before that he had 27 touchdowns. He was basically a touchdown every game. So there's been a huge drop off for his production the last two years. And he's gotten the, the number of his rushing attempts have skyrocketed over the last two years. His receptions have gone down. He averaged 80 catches a season, basically 81 catches a season his first four years Last two years, last year was at 49. This year he's around 47. He'll get over 50, but he's not going to get 81 again. So we see right there offensively the philosophy has changed, and it's not working for Alvin Kamara. No, it's not. It's not working for him, and he's still a talent. He's still a talent. Uh, he's still very talented. So I'm not saying that he, you know, he's he's on the decline or anything no. like that. I'm not going to say that. You know, he's still. I feel like he's still is a talented running back, one of the best in the league, but. It's not showing. It's not showing. And with him turning the ball over, uh, it just goes into, you know, everything else that's happening for this offense. Uh, I don't know which way we go when it comes to whether the quarterback position, uh, different play callings. You just don't know which way to go about it. Uh, I think if we don't turn things around quickly, like next week, Quickly, we may be on the outside looking in. We already are on the outside looking in now, but our chances of really getting to the playoffs and winning this division, because that's the only shot we have is to win this division, is going to start really sliding away from us, especially with the Bucks still at the top. Uh, it's just going to be tough, even though we still play these guys, but it's going to be tough, man. I mean, you got this, the season is two weeks now. It's these next two games. You have Tampa, and if you beat Tampa, you're only a half game out of first. And then if you can beat Atlanta at home, then you, you put yourself in position potentially to have retaken the division lead in two weeks. And like you said, that's the only path in. So I doubt that they make a quarterback change because of that. Mm -hmm. But if you lose this Bucs game, if you lose this Bucs game, it, it, there's no excuse at that point to me because then you're just being obstinate and stubborn. 
because the season is for all intents and purposes over if you lose to the Bucs. You're not catching the division and you're certainly not getting into the playoffs at that point as a wild card. So to me, if you don't make some changes offensively and just start seeing what you can do with other players, because again, Taysom wasn't a big part of the strategy again yesterday either. One passing attempt, we saw him come in in some very obvious situations, not really mixed up and using him in ways that that maybe you, you wonder, is he going to throw? Is he going to pass? It seemed like the situations were very obvious again. And it's like this oscillation between creativity one week. We saw some creativity against the Rams. And then you don't see very much creativity in the play calling the next week against the 49ers. That's, you know, my question is, and I know you just said about uh, you don't think they should switch quarterbacks at this time because basically if you lose this game, it's it. It's over. So – my question is, do we open up to open up the competition at the quarterback position and let them battle it out this week and see who's the best quarterback this week that can run the offense, how we want to run it, the plays we want to run, how they're looking in practice, or do you still keep it Andy Dalton is our guy? I think you gotta open it up and you gotta put all your all your cards that be on the table. You have no choice. If you lose this game to the Bucks, basically your playoff chances are done. So it's all or nothing this week right here. I wouldn't even say the next two weeks. It's this week coming up, mm-hmm. you know? So I feel like we need to open up the the quarterback, um, open up the quarterback run and let them battle it out and see who is the best quarterback for this week and who can run the offense the best for just this week and see what happens after that. But I don't think you leave any cards unturned when it comes to this game coming up. Yeah, because I think the game plan against the, the Buccaneers and I think for the Saints in general – is you know to win, you have to get some big plays because you're not good at sustaining drives. Again, this week, third down was another problem. Still be- around 33% at best on third down conversions, and that's not that's not going to get it done. So that means you've got to generate some big plays. Shahid had another big catch in this game. You know, he had both of his catches were over 15 yards. So he, he's showing you that he can still stretch the field. We know Chris Olave can stretch the field. We saw Jawan Johnson at times be able to stretch the field. Taysom Hill, if you get him out in open places, can make plays. So to me, if I'm going and I know I need some big plays, and like you said, everything's got to be on the table, who has the better opportunity to give me the big play? Who can get me Chris Olave on the sideline for a 60-yard touchdown? Who can get me Jawan Johnson one-on-one and hit that out? you know, throw and maybe give him a chance to run after the catch. I think that's Jameis. So to me, yeah, if if the game plan to attack the Bucs, it can't be we're going to slow this down again because the Bucs want that anyway. That's what Tom Brady wants. That's what teams are deciding to do against the Saints, slowing it down and crushing them because they're going to make mistakes. So you've got to take some chances at this stage and make some big plays. Definitely. And But you know what? You still got to take your hat off to the 49ers. The 49ers do have a great defense. Yeah, they do. Uh, you know, for them not to be giving up points in the second half, and how many weeks was it? Like two weeks, two or three? Certainly, some, some amount of weeks crazy that they hadn't given me any points in the, first, in the second half. You know, but we had our opportunities. We was in the red zone twice, deep in the red zone. You know, one was a turnover, one was a, a turnover on downs. You know, so we had our opportunities to beat this team, but we just couldn't take it. And now teams aren't going to give us anything. You got to take these games. And one thing that we we just have to come together. We got to put this game behind us and look forward to this game coming up next week. It will will say all be all. To be honest with you, uh, 
So we got to figure it out. Some way offensively, we have to figure it out, whether it's getting Taysom Hill more involved, whether it's getting Olave more involved. Olave, Olave been, he's probably the most consistent player we have on this team, and he's been consistent ever since mm-hmm. he started playing more. Um, but when I look at everything, we are still missing our number one quarterback in Winston. We are missing him. We are missing one of our top receivers. We are, you know, and we just got to try to figure it out, man, and get it done defensively. Like I said, this week, Ray, defensively, they did what they could do. Mm-hmm. They held the 49ers at home to 13 points, you know, and offensively has to come along. We have to come along offensively. I can't even put this on the defense. Mm-mm. Offensively, got to come along. If your offense not giving you anything, we're not going to win anything anyway. And if we can't put together two wins in a row, even if we do get to the playoffs, we're going to lose first round. You know, we got to figure it out. We got to start hitting the stride, especially the tail end of the season right here. If we can hit a stride and, and back our way into the playoffs, once you get there, you don't know what can happen. And the Saints but, know that as well as anybody. You know, the, the right. Beast game is always in the back of your mind of a 7-9 team beat, beating a, a, a double-digit team in the playoffs, it's possible, yeah. But this team has to get an attitude. There has to be an attitude about them, and I don't know if they have that collective confidence right now. I think there's individual confidence. I think they're guys, but I think it's hard, you know, and you know. I think it's hard right now for them to have the collective confidence for them as 53 guys to look at each other and say, we believe we can win every week. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder, there's something I wonder. I wonder if offensively, if they've lost confidence in not just themselves, but also the play caller. The play caller. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that I know about Coach Payton when he was coaching his team, and you hate to keep going back to Coach Payton, but there was our great years when we had Coach Payton. He was a guy that would get in your face, that would fuss you out when he needed to fuss you out. And he was the head coach and the OC. I'm just trying to figure out, do we have that personality on the sideline that is in a position of authority to really dig into somebody's tail when it needs to happen? You know, to hold everybody accountable. Of course, we're holding everybody accountable. Everybody holding themselves accountable. But I wonder if you have that enforcer in there that can put that fear in you to do your job. I don't know if we have that guy on the sideline. I just don't know. We may, that's, but I don't know. I mean, that's a legitimate question because – who is on the sidelines holding that? Because that doesn't seem to be the role that Dennis Allen wants to play. He's not the yelling type. That's not what he does on the sidelines. That doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be the role that you're getting out of your offensive staff. You don't see them as very emotional people. Um, and if the onus is on Andy Dalton, certainly not that kind of guy. And he doesn't have the cachet in the locker room to do that. Who does do it? Who is that person? Because, I mean, you know, certainly among the offensive line, it's got to be Ramchek, I would imagine, holding that group accountable. He's the veteran of the group, the, the all-pro. But he can't get the offense as a group together. So, yeah, where does that leadership come from? Because you don't have it from – and, again, Michael Thomas was never the vocal guy in that group. That wasn't his thing. Alvin Kamara, that's not his job during the game. He's the running back. It's not his – he can't control the touches. So, it, it's mm-hmm. it's – who does have that role? You're right. I think that that's a very interesting question to ask. Yeah, and, and the only people that can have that role and it really make an impact 
is either the head coach, the offensive coordinator, or the quarterback. Those are the only three offensively that can have that role, and it makes an impact. Like I said, offensive linemen, I mean, you can have some veterans in the offensive linemen, and they try – but offensive linemen are – they're not guys that are at the forefront. Right. They're know? thinking about blocking situations. They're not thinking about it, game planning. It, you know. Exactly. You know, so you got to have somebody in the position of leadership, and that's either your quarterback because he's that leader when you get on the field, your offensive coordinator – or your head coach, you got to have one of those three guys that are going to really right the ship and get on guys when they need to be get on, when they be got on. Uh, you got to have that guy in the locker room. When I was there, it was Drew, it was Sean Payton. Those when when we were on the field, Drew commanded us to have to do things a certain way. Uh, of course, off the field meetings, practice, different things like that. It was Coach Payton. If you mess up, guess what? You come to that sideline, he's gonna get in your tail. And he's going to tell you how he feel about it. You know, he done it to me a couple of times. You know, so – but we don't ha- – I don't think we have that enforcer. Defensively, I think we have it. Mm-hmm. I think you but, have a number but, of those guys, yeah. Yes, but not offensively. I don't see it offensively. Let me ask you this question then. Because if you have a situation where your quarterback and your offensive coordinator don't have a lot of familiarity with each other, didn't play – you know, haven't been together before – um, and your, your backup quarterback is also a guy who's new to the organization. Your offense coordinator is a guy who's new to that role. How do you have a positive, creative tension there when guys don't know each other to be able to come back? Because I think that's part of it, too, for me to, to want to go to Jameis, is that over these three years, at least Jameis knows some of these guys to the point where I know what Alvin likes with the ball. I've been around him enough practices, enough game situations. I know where AK wants the ball. I've been around Taysom enough to know, you know, some of these things that that I see with the Saints that maybe I could feel comfortable talking to coach about and saying, coach, I see this, coach, I see that. Can we try this? Whereas a Dalton, who is a veteran that has seen a whole bunch of systems, but doesn't know this personnel per se as intimately as he might somewhere else, I think that that maybe, you know, can contribute to, I can't, I don't feel as comfortable going up to the OC and saying, let's change this. I want to do something different conceptually because I'm feeling this and these guys are feeling that. And you know, Do you think that that is part of it too? I definitely think it's part of it, but I also think that's part of the reason. I think that is the reason why you give this coaching staff a pass this first year. They're all stepping into new roles. Uh, your quarterbacks, you're stepping into new roles with your quarterbacks, trying to learn them, trying to trust each other, because you got to have that trust in your quarterback. Your quarterback got to trust your, your coaches. You got to trust your quarterback, but it all comes with time. It comes with time. It's not just going to happen overnight. You know, so I feel like that is the reason why you give the coaches a pass for this year. This, Regardless of how we felt about this season coming into the season, we didn't feel like this was a rebuild season. We didn't feel like well, we felt like, you know, we was going to hit the ground running once the season started. But looking at it, this is a rebuild year. It's a rebuild year. I mean, you still have the talent, but you have some key pieces that's not there anymore. You know, and the biggest key piece is Coach Payton. You know, he's not there. Uh, you still got Drew Brees. He's not there. You know, so the pieces that um, – that you usually will have, it's not there anymore. And everybody knows if you want to have a successful offense, you got to have a quarterback and you got to have offensive coordinator that know exactly what he's doing. Not saying Coach Pete don't know what he's doing. I feel like he does know what he's doing. I think he know, 
that's I feel like he is the guy for the job. So I'm never going to go away from that. I just feel like they need more time. This is his first year being offense coordinator. You know, this is Coach Allen, not his first year being a head coach, but it's his first year being the Saints head coach. You know, so we got some some key pieces. This is James Winston first year starting for the Saints. Well, he got hurt the other year, but this is uh, Andy Dalton first year starting for the Saints. You know, so we got key pieces offensively that hasn't been there before, you know, in these roles. So offensively, this is a rebuild year, regardless if we have Taysom Hill, regardless if we have Kamara, regardless if we have these guys, the key pieces are new. The offensive the line is Yes. You know, so defensively, defense, they've been – their defense haven't been perfect. But a lot of the things that they're going through sometimes reflects because the offense can't get anything going. So they left on the field a little bit longer. Again, 10 minutes, 10 minutes more yesterday. Exactly. You know, so I really think a lot of it comes down to it's just a new coaching staff. You got a new quarterback in there. And those are three key pieces that you got to have to be efficient offensively. And because the defense always comes along quicker than the offense does. Always. But I feel like that is the reason why we're struggling because they're just new to the system or not to the system, but they're new to each other when it comes to these roles. That's why I feel like we give the coaching staff a pass this year. Uh, let's try to finish this thing on a strong note to get to the playoffs. But if we don't get to the playoffs, I'm not saying, oh, let's get rid of the coaches. You got to give them time. Just stay first year. You got to give them time. I mean, there's a lot that needs to be fixed, certainly for the Saints for next season. And we're already looking to that. But, you know, while this season is still going on, can't deal with what if, can't deal with what might be. I don't, whoever's going to be there is there right now. And right. this is the team you got to deal with. Um, and, and it's just, you know, they are what? I think they're three and a half point underdogs right now to the, to the Bucks who lost like on Sunday. The Bucks. The Bucs are not a team you fear, but if you're the Saints, again, you you don't trust them at this point to not make mistakes. That's the whole thing with the Saints is you can't trust them to not shoot themselves in the foot. And and I, I have no doubt. I mean, I'm sure we'll see as the injury reports come in later this week and whatnot. Saints are going to this one undermanned again. again they'll be missing people again. But I, don't, I have no doubt this will probably be another close game in Tampa. That's what they do. They play close games in Tampa. And I think the difference is going to be, once again, can they not make mistakes? Can they get something big? You Can you get one or two big plays that you really need, you know, over the course? Everybody, every team needs a couple big plays over the course of the game. And the Saints haven't been able to generate them in three of the last four games. And that's been a big problem. And I think that you're, you know, opening up the offense somehow. Taking you're going to you want to take smart risks, calculated risks. You don't want to be throwing up like I said. We're not trying to throw the ball all over the place and get interceptions, throwing it 45 times a game. But I think there are times that the Saints need to take some calculated risks um, and get the ball into their playmakers' hands, or at least give them a 50-50 chance at making a play. The word you use was trust, and and that is the best thing. That's the to me that is exactly where we are faltering at. Uh, when it comes to trust, you don't know. You don't know who the Saints are. You don't know. Sometimes they come out and they look like, man, we could be some contenders. And then you come out like, man, we look like we just at the bottom of the barrel. You don't know who you're going to get. 
And when it comes to coaches, when it comes, I'm going to tell you how coaches think when it comes to players. They got to be able to trust you. You being inconsistent, you can't trust them because you don't know who you're going to get night in, night out. If you're bad at one thing and you're consistently bad at it, guess what? I can at least trust you because I know where you falter, where you falter at, where you where you have your issues at, and we can kind of work around that right. and put you in situations. But if you're inconsistent, I can't trust you, so I can't play you because I don't know which guy's going to show up. And for this team, that's what it is. We don't know which team is going to show up, and it's hard to trust who you. I can say who you have on the team. It's hard to trust the team because you just don't know who's showing up. Consistency is the key. Consistency is the key, and the Saints have been consistently inconsistent all season long. Um, mm-hmm. But they get another chance on Monday night, and that's the good thing about pro sports is there's always another week, there's always another game, another opportunity to prove yourself. Um, we will be back later this week, like I said, to update you on the injuries and the matchups and see how um, things will look going into that game. Uh, TC, any final thoughts on on Sunday before we move out of here, brother? Uh, you know what? I still believe in the Saints. I still believe in them, uh, but we got to get this one. Th- to me, you like to say you hate to say must win, but this is this is the absolutely must win. Yes, this is the season. So we we got to be all in, all in, all in. Fifty three guys committed to one goal, and they got to sell out. I mean, like you got to sell it. Everything better be left on them. I think that's the thing that they'll be judged by more than anything else, more than the win or the loss. Um, Monday night is do they in a situation where everyone in the football world knows they got to win this game? Do they sell out as a team and just give it everything that they have? Do you feel like they left it all on the field after 60 minutes? If they don't, I think that will be something that goes towards determining whether or not Dennis Allen will be back. Because this is one of those situations where you are testing the metal of your head coach and how they communicate with their team and, and get them up and ready for something like this. Gail certainly, and Mickey Loomis certainly, they might be in Tampa for this one. I might, you right. know, I, you know I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mickey Loomis is in the box, you know, watching this game on, on Monday night. I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's it, man. This is it. This is our season. I feel like this is our season. All right, my man. Until the next time. He is Terrence Copper. I'm David Grubb, and this has been Believe in Saints. Who that? Let's do it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.